Hello, and welcome to a... Hang on, I've left that up. I was reading it, and I can't read properly. <laughs> right, let's start again. Welcome to Alpha Podflight, where every episode a guest joins me to talk about a single issue of the comic Alpha Flight. My name is Gareth A. Hopkins, and this time I'm joined by Fraser. Fraser, could you introduce yourself to the listeners? Oh, hello, everybody. I'm Fraser Campbell. Uh, I'm a comic book creator and a, a big uh, Alpha Flight and general John Byrne fan. Uh, and I think today we're going to be talking about uh, issue five. Of Alpha Flight. <laughs> That's right. You've sort of taken my job a little bit there, but um, I'll oh, let you get away with it. Um, yeah, so this week, sorry, I always do that this week. This episode, we're going to be talking about issue five. Um, <laughs> yeah, you would have stepped on, uh, on your line there. That's all right, I managed to step on my own line. Right, so uh, issue five uh, came out, uh, the, the date is December 1983. Uh, John Byrne is the creator. Oh, Jesus, I should have prepared this name before. Tom Orzakowski is the letterer. Andy Yankus, as ever, is the colorist. Denny O'Neill is the editor. And Jim Shooter is credited as being the American, uh, which is good. Right, so, Fraser, before I asked you to come on this podcast, what was your history with Alpha Flight? Hey, oh, long and storied, Gareth. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, uh, this is the, the reason why I've picked this issue is because uh, this was the first one that I, I picked up. Uh, but before that, uh, obviously I knew of Alpha Flight uh, in the pages of X-Men, yeah. uh, who had been introduced, I think, in issue 109. I might be wrong. I think that's right, I though. I think that's right. I should know, because we, I've just basically, it, so. Yeah, basically to give Colossus somebody to batter. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, were they all in that one, or was it just... Uh, um, uh, oh, oh, Jesus, we'll just carry on my long and storied career of getting facts wrong on this podcast. Yeah. But I think 109 was when uh, Alf, uh, Weapon Omega, who was Guardian, turns up to try and capture Wolverine. Mm. And then in a later one, the rest of Alpha Flight turn up. Yes, that's right. I think that's around about 120. Something like the that. The two-parter, yeah. really. Yeah, where they end up going to Canada yeah. for a couple of issues after they after they've been to Japan. That's it, yeah. They they get waylaid mid flight, don't they? Uh, yes, so they get they that have to it, land yeah. in Canada for some reason, and then they all have a massive old fight. Oh, Sasquatch Calgary, catches the plane, doesn't Calgary, he? I think I'm going to cover this episode to somebody else, but yes, yeah, Sasquatch catches the plane, um, mm. and and puts it down on the runway. Yeah, that's right. Ah, uh, yeah. Anyway, so the, obviously. Uh, I was a big X-Men fan when I was a kid. I think between that and uh, uh, New Teen Titans by uh, uh, Wolfman and Perez, those were my two favourite comic books uh, when I was like maybe nine or ten, uh, probably a little bit older, uh, because I, you know, I read them well into my teens. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, so obviously when Alpha Flight came along, yeah, I thought, well, you know, it was, it was, I suppose, the start of the kind of uh, the X expansion, you know, sort of spinning off books out of the X-Men. I think uh, I it might have it... been, yeah, because um, uh, I had a guest on um, Sean, and he was saying that um, they were so popular 
that every time they appeared in X-Men, they'd get a rush of letters asking when they were going to get their own book. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, because, uh, I, you know, as I say, I don't know if it was the, it's the actual first sort of spin-off group, but, uh, you know, it certainly was one of them. So, you know, when, when, when it came out, uh, I was like, well, oh, fantastic, more more X-Men, really. I didn't really care whether they were Canadian or not. Not being Canadian, I would imagine if you were Canadian, it was very exciting to have your own superhero group. We've never, really <laughs> yeah. never really had that in Scotland. Uh, although, obviously, we did have a strong strong representation in the X-Men with, uh, with, with Moira. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Jamie. Uh, who I would claim, obviously, because he, he lived on Muir Island for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, I, I, but I, again, being being a nipper and, and not having a local comic book store and stuff like that, number five seemed to be, I, I guess, was the one that I managed to pick up. Yeah. Uh, at uh, we would we would occasionally get comics in at the post office or at uh, other sort of grocery stores, and I would just buy whatever was there. Uh, you know, quite often, you know, the latter half of a two part story that made no sense, but yeah. You know, <laughs> I didn't really bother me. Uh, so yeah, so I picked this up and, and obviously uh, thoroughly enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed that, and thoroughly enjoyed Puck, obviously yeah. who obviously in, in this issue is very much the star of the show. Uh, yes. And I've had, a, I've had a kind of fondness for him ever since, really. So, but I guess that's where that stems from. Yeah, I think so far he's been everybody's favourite Alfin. Uh, apparently, there are people in the world who don't have Puck as their favourite Alfin, which I don't get. But yeah, he seems to be the majority of people's favourite character. Yeah, uh, probably. As for uh, reasons which we'll probably get into in a bit, but um, yeah. he's much loved, yeah. Okay, so I think that's uh, that, that, that covers the background. Uh, unless yeah. there's anything else. Um, well, I don't know. So what yeah. we'll do now is, uh, if you give give a quick rundown of what happens in the issue, like many Alpha flights from this period, there is uh, an extra little story in the back. That's right. Yes, right, part of the uh, kind of origin. Uh, was that's right, yeah. The origins we, of Alpha Flight. We get the what? first part of uh, Shaman's origins. Is it the first? I think it may be the second. Uh, no, it's the first, because we covered the yeah. second when no, me and no, Ken no, no. spoke about issue six. So, yeah, no, fair enough, yeah. Um, no, you may be right, it may be the first. <laughs> it's the one where his wife dies, yeah. No. That's right, yeah. I'm, I'm at the point now where this will be episode nine of the podcast, I believe. Oh. And I'm okay. finally starting to get facts correct. Uh, it's <laughs> taken me a while, uh, and I'll probably still get plenty more wrong. But, um, yeah, well, I mean, there you go. That, that, it's your job to get the facts right. Well, it's, it's my job as guest to <laughs> contradict you and, and come up with the ridiculous nonsense that you have to correct and, and spend time correcting. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. seems to be a good dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, perfect. So, if uh, we'll just quickly go through this and then we'll we'll chat about it because it's uh, it's a particularly interesting one. They're all interesting. Yeah, this no problem. Yeah, I will yeah. do. Okay, so what fools these mortals be? That's yeah. the title of the story. Uh, <laughs> it starts off with uh, yeah, and you know we've no idea really why why that is because it doesn't really seem to be a uh, you know, it doesn't seem to become obvious later in the story. Although you know there are some foolish mortals in the story. I'll t- uh, I think I've worked it out. 
I think I know why it's called What Fools. Oh, okay. Well, that, that, yeah, again, as, as host, that would be your prerogative. I'll tell you what, <laughs> as, as we go through, I will stop yeah. you when I think we get to the point. When right, okay then, right, so I'm, I'm going through it then. Okay, well, it starts off obviously with Judd in, uh, in, in hospital, yeah. having been attacked by Marina. That's right. In yeah. a previous episode, I think issue two, yeah. uh, where she goes a bit loopy and slashes his stomach, uh, uh, or, 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 or as, as it's mentioned in the story, almost disembowels him. Uh, so he's in the hospital recovering from that. Uh, Michael is attending him, yep. and apparently, uh, yeah, apparently that's unusual uh, because you know he doesn't do uh, very much uh, doctoring. Anything. Very much that. No, no, no it doesn't do much doctoring. More, more the shamaning. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, 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 shaman is his secret identity, so he's still world yeah. famous hunky physician, uh, doctor two young men. Uh, yeah, I say it. Yeah. And so he is uh, attending to him. Uh, this has the uh, the nursing staff agog, uh, <laughs> who all uh, are in, in awe of, of Michael and are, are uh, a little wrapped with uh, with Judd as well. So yeah. it seems to be it seems to be only a good thing. Uh, but two and a half pages in, though, you realise that. Uh, you know, Judge's not doing as well as his brave face is suggesting. He's a bit sore. Yeah. It's night time. He doesn't want to bother the nurses. Uh, so as as any uh, incredibly sick person uh, in a lot of pain would, he uh, gets up out of bed in the middle of the night and goes looking for drugs by himself. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. Uh, can't find anybody at the nurses station. Wonder, wonder, and then he chances upon a uh, nurse daily, who appears to be self-medicating. Yeah. Uh, rather unfortunately. Uh, hmm. So he, th- he thinks, yeah, he doesn't confront her about that at the time, uh, but then sits and ruminates about that, decides, no, there's something not right here. Uh, obviously feels a bit better. Yep. Uh, because he sneaks out underneath a trolley, uh, Using his diminutive size to his advantage, and uh, goes to eavesdrop on some uh, some medical staff to try and find out what's going on. Uh, sneaks into a medical supply uh, cupboard, uh, has a fiddle around, and finds finds out that uh, some of the drugs have been you know like switched around, or uh, you know they they, they aren't the I think they aren't the dose levels they're supposed to be in the bottle or something like that. Yeah, one so of something's bottles, a mess. Something, one of the bottles is yeah. lighter than the other, and that's how yes, it that's that it's something that's is amiss. Although it has a lighter colour than the other. I don't know whether, you know, whether it's physically oh, lighter. lighter or colour, sorry, my mistake. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's lighter. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, something's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, so, you know, he, he pops that back. Somebody's coming, though, so he uses his... Uh, uh, his acrobatic skill to jump on top of a cupboard while yep. somebody brings something in, uh, and uh, and then decides, you know, it looks as if there's you know some sort of drug trafficking shenanigans going on at this hospital. Uh, however, he's uh, you know he's leaping around has has made him a bit sore again, so he, you know obviously uh, highlights that to let us know that uh, you know he's not he's not a hundred percent. 
Yeah. Uh, and then he goes to see the chief administrator, uh, Dr. Craig Bourne, uh, to tell him about his discovery. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a little bit, and Dr. Dr. Claiborne, uh, you know, goes along with what Judd's saying. Uh, it was, uh, very well, Mr. Judd, this goes entirely against my best instincts, but your credentials as a member of Alpha Flight are enough to sway me for the nonce. Uh, which is not an expression you hear a lot. Probably <laughs> no, not anymore. No, um, or, or even, or, or, or ever, really. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a bit of a John Byrne whimsy, I think. Uh, anyway. The only other place uh, I've seen for the nonce turn up is in well, yeah. Lovecraft. That's the only other time I've seen it. And because it's because of the word nonce, it just like pops out at you as unusual. Um, so that's why I remember yes, the few it times I have yeah. seen it. Well, there you go then. Maybe maybe Bum was reading Lovecraft as he was putting it together. Not much of an influence other than that. No. Um, okay, so that's so that's fine. Obviously, he's uh, he, he, he uh, speaks to uh, Craig Bourne about how he thinks there's something going on, uh, and that he's going to you know have a route around and see if he can get to the bottom of it. He pops back to his room, where obviously he's handily stashed his uh, his Alpha Flight costume. Now we have to bear in mind here. That at this stage uh, in the evolution of the Alpha Flight comic, Judd is not 100% a fully fledged member of Alpha Flight yet, really. He um, sort of. No, he's only been on one mission with them, and yeah, in that yeah, one, I mean, he got his guts ripped out. Yeah, uh, which was barely a mission at all, really. Uh, yeah. Before, yeah, before he was, uh, before he got, ah, uh, uh, he's got, uh, he's got slashed out. Anyway, that, yeah, and this moves us on to the to, to the panel where uh, Judd explains that uh, his his ultra tight costume is is actually helping him with that. Yeah. Uh, because it's pretty much uh, it's pretty much holding him holding his stitches in place. Uh, and we, again, you know, we talk we need we do need to talk about the costume, which is a fantastic uh, sort of I don't know what would you call it? It's kind of like a cut out gimp suit. Really. <laughs> Because uh, it's a, a leotard with a full cowl, with a with a yeah. face with a face cut out of it, a gigantic P on the side, and obviously uh, cut off at the arms and legs just to show how hairy and, <laughs> uh, which is uh, just fantastic. It's just like a little yeah, you know, a little ball of energetic fur. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. Uh, a little yeah, I don't know, like a little tough gerbil. It is uh, an interesting costume, yeah. Um, it really is, yeah. I mean, there's uh, a lot. Of, there's there's a lot of oddly sexual <laughs> uh, costumes out there, but this is, yeah, this is, you know, aye. Now that you say kind it, of, I mean, a Playboy Mansion kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, yes. it wouldn't. We wouldn't uh, bat an eyelid if the same costume was on a lady in the nineties. That would just be par for the course. I mean, she'd, she'd probably have a ponytail coming at the top. Oh, yeah. I suppose not. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the full. It, it's the way his masks. Yeah, you know, his, his his head his headgear isn't separated from his. You know, from his yeah. kind of leotard. That's what I'm, I'm like. How the hell do you put that on? Anyway, yeah. uh, bring goes, it, I'll, I'll come back to that point later on. For, yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, uh, you're gone. So anyway, on on with the tale. Uh, Judd has a wander around and lo and behold spots uh, you know something amiss in the car park people taking drugs out to a van uh, you know within within moments of starting his investigation uh, so uh, yeah 
Uh, and it, you know, it becomes apparent that the nurse, uh, I think nurse Daly, uh, from earlier, uh, is yeah. indeed involved in this in this drug trafficking. She's not uh, maybe fully a hundred percent on board about it. Uh, she, and, uh, and it turns out, uh, you know, she's only really doing it because she needs her fix. Yep. Uh, and she gets stiff as the deal here as well. Yeah, um, she does indeed. And uh, yeah, and uh, Puck witnesses this and uh, gives chase onto the van, which he manages to clamber on board as they drive out, obviously, to uh, their gang hideout. Uh, whereas, you know... I mean, nobody seems to go directly home from a drug deal, do they? You know, or, or to the pictures, or for a burger. They always go somewhere where other villains are doing other villainous stuff. You know, some, yeah. sort, of gang, some sort of gang hub. I better check in with the gaffers, you know. <laughs> You would think they would maybe just, you know, look, you know, put some, you know, they would, they would just phone each other or something like that, saying, that's me, got the drugs in my way for a burger now. Yeah. But no, they always end up, and again, thankfully for, for, for Puck, because that would obviously have meant that would be a dead lead. He, uh, he he would have got to go to the pictures, though. Well, yeah. Exactly, exactly. I would probably have got in for a hand, given his diminutive <laughs> son. Uh, but uh, yeah, so he's uh, so he's on top of the van by this time uh, as they as they pull into uh, some sort of weird, uh, I guess you know, quite, kind of rural shack in the middle of nowhere. I mean, the the design of the shack should just be labelled as smugglers' shack because nobody else would ever have a shack that looks like that except if they were a smuggler. Yeah, yeah, the kind of sloping roof there, kind of thing, and yeah. it just seems. I mean, again, if it was. Uh, if it was a, a, a barn or an outhouse or a farm, then that would be fine. But it is on its own in the middle of nowhere in, in, in a wood. Uh, so obviously this is how the Canadian drug industry works. Yeah. Well, I think uh, it's the drug, cause You know if you're on the train and you look out the window and you're going past fields and then there's just like yeah. a random shed in the middle of a field. Yeah. Like, the only that's reason that's it. there is either to store bodies from a serial killer or mm. because someone's hiding stolen goods in it. Well, there we go. now we know it's the Canadian Mafia. Uh, it's uh, the Canadian Mafia. It's it's a it's a drug hangout. It's a it's a drug depot uh, for you know the, the uh, a Canadian crime syndicate. Yeah, because that's how they do it. Call it this. Anyway, just a go. quick note on the these baddies as well. This is from the golden age where henchmen baddies. You could tell it was a gang if one of them was wearing a waistcoat without a shirt. Yes, or and the rest of them were wearing vests. Yeah, just just vests. <laughs> Uh, because obviously, you know, I mean, it's uh, you know, c- c- you know, people go into crime because they love it. They don't make a lot of money out of it, yeah. and they can only aff- they-, they can only afford to wear undergarments. <laughs> uh, you know, they can't like they're, they're all stuff. sharing one outfit between them. Yeah, that probably that, that's probably why the guy in the van went to get the drug delivery by himself, and the rest yeah. of them wait behind. Uh, perhaps the shack uh, is there for shelter and and you know just to keep warm. Who knows? <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, like you say, they do seem to be like shaping one outfit between one another. Uh, so yeah, uh, he's so he comes home with a waistcoat. Guy with a vest obviously comes over, uh, and it's all gone fine. Uh, da, 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 yeah, and uh, but obviously they don't realise at that time that they've they've brought Puck with them. Turn the page, and oh my goodness, the, one of the and uh, one of the, the the villains who obviously is one of the better. A more high-ranking villain because he's a shirt and a jacket. Yes. Uh, sports Puck, uh, who obviously then has to uh, to beat them up in uh, a couple of pages of action. 
Yeah. Where he takes on a guy who, again, in a barn in the middle of nowhere, appears to have some sort of uh, whaling harpoon. Yeah, it looks like that, doesn't it? Some sort of fishing. Yeah, on page yeah, on thing. page thirteen, I'm no idea what you would do on a farm with that. But then I'm not a you know, no. a, I'm not an agricultural sort, so so maybe it that's... might be. A, it's kind of hard. I don't know. I don't know because they're on Albany's city limits, and I don't know if mm-hmm. Albany is near to water. But it looks like uh, it might be a shack next to a body of water. Oh, yeah. okay. Good. That's that's how I've read it, but I could be right. right. Fair enough. But they haven't got any other fishing gear in it. They've got uh, they've got a rope and some barrels because that's standard standard hideout furnishing. Well, you need yeah, obviously you, you need the barrels because they form the braziers for when somebody's <laughs> out working with a jacket. <laughs> True. Uh, yeah. So it's the only source of heat. Uh, but yeah, aye. so anyway, uh, Puck, uh, and again, some really quite nice and uh, and fun uh, action sequences yeah. uh, in the actual comic, which you won't get if you read this on an app. Uh, there then follows a couple of pages of uh, hilarious uh, NBC Saturday morning cartoon <laughs> That's right. Mr. T. Was a gigantic Mr. T. What's Mr. T doing? He's sta- he's, uh, he seems to be chatting with a, a baby smurf. And Hulk. Yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on to the back to the story. Uh, Puck notices a phone. Obviously, the the altercation has uh, opened his stitches. Yep. He's you know as well as as he could be. Uh, so he's losing a lot of blood. He uh, tries to make it to the phone, but appears to pass out just before doing so. Uh, but then on the next page, he realises no, he hasn't. He's back in the hospital. Uh, the hospital administrator from before and now he's a police officer with him and they congratulate him for busting up uh, the dope run yep uh, cue another couple of adverts yep uh, and then the, the, the hospital administrator has a has a chat with the uh, with the cop yeah and, yeah, and let's slip a critical piece of information that uh, although Judd appeared to be uh, quite compass mentis during their chat. He's actually at death's door. He's not going to live out the night. No. Uh, now, obviously, that doesn't really square with uh, things. So I think that might uh, tip your nod to this hospital administrator guy's maybe not on the up and up. No. Uh, anyway, he comes back in as a chat with uh, Judd, uh, where obviously Judd uh, lets him know that you know he doesn't you know he doesn't think. You know, this is it, as fully wrapped up as, uh, as as the other people are saying. Uh, at which point the doctor says, "Oh well, you know, obviously you're you're kind of delirious. I'm going to have to administer this uh, this dosage of drugs. Uh, <laughs> you need you... a rest. Yes, a you need a rest. rest. Yes, a long rest. That's right. Uh, but not quite as long as you're planning, eh? Uh, I do like, I, I do enjoy uh, Bum's uh, way of indicating that uh, that Judd is Canadian by having him say "eh" yeah. quite a lot. Uh, that's uh, yeah, yeah, that, that, that crops up <laughs> quite a lot. Uh, anyway, Judd, Judd's obviously just playing along and has realised that he's behind it all. Smacks him in the face uh, <laughs> and takes him down in one punch and. Uh, Obviously tells him you're just a little bit too clever, Doc. Yeah. Um, 
So, uh, and then obviously just had a wee chat with him about that. And that is the end of the story. Yes. Uh, and uh, as, as you said earlier, we, we, we then move on to continuing the origins of the Alpha Flight uh, Death Watch, the uh, first part of uh, uh, Michael's uh, origin. Yes. Where he, uh, where he rejects uh, his, his grandfather's uh, entreaties to uh, to become one with the spirit world, uh, and uh, goes off to, uh, to to embrace Western medicine, uh, where it all goes well for a while, uh, but then uh, obviously his wife becomes sick, he can't help her, and uh, he ends up uh, he ends up with his with his daughter hating his guts as well. Yeah, so he promises Elizabeth that he will be able to save save his wife. Uh, yep. Elizabeth Does at this it... point is being looked after by a very young Heather McDonald. Yes. I can't remember her surname at this point, but it's Heather who later appears. Yes. Um, and yeah, he, he promises that he will use all of his medical powers to save his wife, uh, but doesn't manage it. Nope, because the medical powers just aren't enough. No. Uh, so that obviously means that his daughter now hates him. Uh, and obviously you'll you'll discuss what goes on to happen in the second part of Earth's doing that issue, uh, and yeah. that's that. Yeah, there you go. Good stuff. I think probably in the grand scheme of things, what you would call a classic pot boiler episode. Yes. Uh, nothing very nothing very much in terms of continuity happens, but you do learn a little bit about uh, who Judd is. Yeah. Uh, and what, sign, okay. what kind of character he is and how he reacts. Yeah, what kind of guy he is, uh, his, his principles, his bravery, his, uh, you know, his, his kind of punch, you know, his tough punchiness. Yeah. Uh, the guy, the kind of guy that will, you know, obviously keep getting up off the canvas when you've, when you've, count, you know, when you think he's going to be counted out. Uh, so it's good for that. Uh, and as I said, a nice introduction to that character who obviously up until that point we hadn't, seen a great deal of no um so i think to this point we've seen him as a bouncer who was eager to uh, move up from uh, alpha sorry from beta flight beta flight to alpha flight uh, and he misses his chance and then you see him uh, beat up sasquatch and sasquatch takes the piss out of him and then you see him get his guts ripped out and then this is so this is us getting a real a heavy dose of puck, which is nice. Mm. And this is yeah. uh, at this point in the story, in sorry, the history of Alpha. This is when Byrne is essentially giving each character an issue each. Yeah, uh, to kind of introduce yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, uh, one of the things that I wanted to come back to is the title. So it's called yeah. "What Fools These Mortals Be," and I think if my GCSE Education is anything to go by. That's a Shakespearean quote, I think, from Midsummer's Night's Dream. Oh, okay. And at one point, when the nurses are eulogising about um, how amazing Puck is and how they want to take a six pack of him home with them, um, one of them comments that he's been reading Shakespeare. He has indeed. Yeah. That's what he's been doing. So that, that's the so that, that that's the connection. I think that's the connection. Okay. And then the other fairly, thing, fairly tenuous, but that's you know, that, you, know <laughs> you might you might well be right, but uh, if, if you are right, that's still quite a tenuous connection. It's very tenuous, and I can't think of any other link to Midsummer Night's Dream 
yeah. in the rest of the plot. Um, apart no. from maybe drugs, I don't know. Apart from, apart from obviously maybe the title of the character, Puck. Oh, of course. I'm an absolute ding-dong. Yeah, there we go. That's, so that's, that's, yeah, it's an introduction to Puck, so it's a call from Midsummer Night's Dream. There you go, we have it. We've got it, yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't explain the title of Shaman's story, which is Death Watch, because I suppose yeah. in a way he's powerless because he's got to watch everyone die. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I suppose so. Because his wife dies in this one, and also his grandfather dies on the exact same day. That's correct, yes. And, and almost, you know, just as importantly, his relationship with his daughter's critically yeah. damaged. Yeah. yeah. It's not a good day for him. No, it's pretty terrible uh, all around. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, uh, yeah, Elizabeth gets taken away at that point, because some well-meaning relatives say, you can't handle grief and looking after a child will take the child and you can just sort of stick it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so one other thing I wanted to come back to was um, Puck is sometimes referred to as uh, Alpha Flight's Wolverine. Because yeah. he's sort of in, uh, me and I spoke with um, Tom Ward the other night about this and it came up because he's the one that gets into scraps and he's not scared to go the extra mile to um to punish the bad guys, that sort of thing. But um, I sort of see him, in, especially in this issue, as more of Alpha Flight's Batman. In that, his okay. costume is quite reminiscent of Batman's. Like with the the cowl, if you put some ears on it and then covered up the top of his face, mm-hmm. it would be a Batman. And then the other thing is that his his superpowers come from control of his mind and body. Rather than having a power bestowed upon him, yeah, um, everything that he does is through discipline uh, and like going out and solving a crime, like breaking up a drug ring while mm. his guts are hanging out, is a particularly Batman sort of thing to do. Yeah, uh, and he does some detective skills. Yeah. Right. So in this, uh, but then at the same time, he hasn't got gadgets. He hasn't got. Well, we don't know much about his parents. Um, but he, he's not constantly wanging on about dead parents. Hmm. Well, I mean, the, the, the motivation, the, the, his motivation to, you know, to become a member of Alpha Flight seems to stem from people dismissing him and, and low rating him because of his size. That's alluded to in an earlier episode. Yeah. And and, and just proving to everybody he's as good as everybody else. Uh, which uh, you know, I mean, is uh, is a fairly typically sort of basic motivation that you would yeah. get in, a, in an eighties comic, I guess, for a character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think he's. I mean, you know, I, I get. I get the the Wolverine uh, comparisons uh, because and he's, both he's, he's little and tiny. As well. Sorry. They're both ex special ops, so you, you yeah. find out in a late in later issues, and only really in passing that he used to be, he used to work for the government and do spy stuff for them. Yeah, 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 and he's he's got that military background, yeah, uh, and yeah, so so you yeah, there is a bit of you know there's a, there's a bit of a mishmash in there, and he is their kind of resident kind of hot headed tough guy. So yeah, I can see why people would say Wolverine, but yeah, by the same token, I can see uh, why why you're saying Batman as well because uh, you know he is 
doesn't have any superpowers as such. Uh, as uh, all all him and all through control and focus. Uh, so yeah, that's that, that's a, that's yeah. a fair point as well. You can yeah, obviously the acrobatics, uh, and again the fact that he has a you know obviously no su- no superpowers. Uh, you know you could say there's a bit of daredevil slung in there. Obviously, yeah, yeah. a little bit, yeah. Um, yeah. Especially in the way he's represented as moving, so yeah. Um, well, that's it. Yeah, he's just kind of. I don't know. I mean, obviously, one of the things I was going to talk about was the cover and how cool the cover is. Yes. Uh, his, his acrobatics maybe aren't quite as elegant as uh, as, uh, as 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 Daredevil's, but uh, he's. So if you just describe the cover quickly, um, for well, anybody the, who hasn't been lucky enough to see it. The cover of uh, Alpha Flight Number Five, which again, I suppose you could just uh, quickly have a have a look at on Google, is is pretty cool because uh, Puck sort of jumps from a little caption box in the middle. Yeah. Uh, pardon me at the at the edge of the page where he and uh, Shaman are standing, and and basically jumps across the page, back across the page again, uh, back across again, and kind of out into your face. Yeah. Uh, it's a really cool like, sort of. Uh, it's not something people do an awful lot these days, but they did a lot back then. You still see it, but you don't see it quite so much. Of, of numerous images of a character and on yeah. one page to suggest movement. I think uh, when you see it now in comics, it feels like an, an homage to when it did appear in comics normally. Um, yeah. Whereas back back in this sort of period we're talking about, uh, it was much. You'd see it, especially. Yeah, you'd see it much more, wouldn't you? Yeah. I think yeah. it's one of these techniques that's fallen out of fashion, and, and uh, you know, kind of like it's interesting. You know, it's, it's interesting to look at modern comics and see things like that get getting brought back because there's no real reason. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's not hokey. I don't think it. I don't, you know, I don't think it looks bad. It's no. tough to pull. It's tough to pull off. That's uh, and that's maybe why a lot of people don't do it uh, because nowadays people are maybe trying to get comics done a bit quicker, and we can talk about. Uh, you hit it burns, uh, you know, burns sort of prolific output yeah. in a minute. Uh, just have to pull off, but it's quite interesting. You, you, you see these things like that, and you go, I wonder why that fell out of fashion. And you sometimes see people doing it now. Kind of like, you know, for, for a long time you didn't see thought bubbles in comics. Yes. And we're starting to see them creeping back in. Uh, yeah, I blame he, um, Frank Miller for that. Yeah, fair enough. Was, yeah, he certainly, he certainly has a lot to answer for. <laughs> uh, I, 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 huge, as huge a fan of him as I am, he certainly yeah. has a lot to answer for <laughs> in his later years. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, so that's yeah, it's an interesting technique that I, I guess you know maybe a lot of kids reading comics maybe haven't yeah you know, they've only been seen an awful lot of that. Or maybe I'm havering and, and a lot you know this is this is this is getting used but just not in comics I'm seeing. I don't know. But it's a really cool cover. Yeah. And it's I've, really I've, learned, I've started to learn to be careful about making broad sweeping statements about Well, yeah, comments. I think you do, yeah. Because I, I don't read enough of them anymore. Well, that's um, it. Again, when you get to my age, you, you know, you start to learn that you, are, you, you, you probably are and have been wrong about everything your entire life. <laughs> uh, and we'll continue, you know, we'll continue along that path. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, a really cool, dynamic, fun cover. It just basically says, check out this guy, this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a little, and now Puck, and a Puck logo, which is yeah. 
a hairy logo. <laughs> I hate it so much. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't bother me at all, but you, but you hate because uh, it, it just seems. I don't know what what is it that bothers you about it? Is it just? I, don't, uh, is I it think the, the fact that it's hairy makes it look like <laughs> it. I, I said on Twitter to you and. Um, Paul Mill, it, it looks like a pair of bollocks has been stamped into the shape of words. Which, again, I don't have a problem with. That, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Maybe that's what he does to criminals. Uh, yeah, 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 he's that, the right that, height. That so... But yeah, I can see why Yeah, I can see why somebody would go, look at it that. Uh, <laughs> it's just distasteful. Because, you know, let, let, let's be honest, it's kind of saying, you know, th- this guy's hairiness is his main feature. It's not. <laughs> Uh, you know, that, that's not what we should be focusing on here with, with, with Puck. Although it is accentuated at every turn. Let's say there's a page 12, for example, where he kicks those two uh, villains in the face. Yeah. Uh, or uh, there is, a, there is a, a hell of a crotch shot there uh, <laughs> of, of a very, very hairy man in a leotard. Yeah. Uh, all stuff that when we were growing up, we, we we did not bat an eyelid <laughs> for some reason, and uh, and and people wonder why you know my generation are messed up. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, so a great cover, and a really really good cover. I like that a lot. Yeah, um, and then that that same style of movement is replicated a couple of times. So once when he's bouncing around in the hospital, the hospital, yeah, uh, when he, once... he jumps up onto the cupboard. Yeah, uh, and then we see it again when he's fighting in the shed, and he bounces, he jumps backwards from the floor, uh, does a handstand off the yep. side of the van, and then kicks a guy in the face. Yeah, the guy with a uh, wheeling harpoon or whatever that is. Yeah. yeah, knocks him right into the brazier. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Those barrels finally right, have right, a reason right, to be there. Right into the barrels. <laughs> uh, so what you know, whatever they're for, because obviously that's where you store drugs. Uh, battles. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, that that's a very cool uh, wee thing to pick out. Uh, yeah. That's something obviously Burn did a lot and was good at. Yeah, uh, and I think yeah. he enjoy. I think there's certain things which he enjoys drawing, and I think Puck is one of the things he enjoys drawing. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, that's. Uh, yeah, I read somewhere that he, he didn't really enjoy doing Alpha Flight. No, so apparently he was sort of forced into it by Jim Shooter because the fan reaction to every time they turned up in the X Men was so, so extreme. Um, So it was it was definitely not his first love, and he just did it because he was being paid to do it. Yeah, fair enough. So, so again, it was one of these ones where, again, as you read on in Alpha Flight, uh, I think we've discussed this before. You can kind of tell when he really starts to lose interest. Yeah, uh, uh, and and the other thing that, that that's very noticeable, uh, if uh, you do as I did and go back and read the old X Men issues uh, that uh, the Alpha Flight feature in before before coming on to your Alpha Flight podcast, mm. uh, you'll notice that, that obviously he's uh, he's he's penciling and inking himself. Yeah, uh, which is just a little bit less pristine and a little bit more muddy than, than when Austin's inking him. Yeah, that's fair enough. But I, I really like his inking. Um, I, tend I don't to... mind it. I, I don't mind it, but I have to admit, I do prefer that there's nothing for me better than those 
you know, the nose burn Austin collaborations. Yeah. I think that's pretty much as good as it ever got, really. But no, yeah. this is this is not bad at all. And ever. No, I really like Burn when he it's a, himself. Yeah. I'm splitting hairs here. So there you go. That's that's. Uh, I think we've we've probably found the first aspect of Burns up that we that we disagree on. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, um, I mean, it's, I'm not I'm not complaining. Uh, I suppose I am, but but very mildly. Yeah. Um, so just in terms of inking, uh, it's two things to mention. One is I think I've found a mistake, um, it, or it could be on, a mistake which he's turned into on purpose. But there's a top-down view when he's first sneaking around. It's on the top left corner of page seven, and it looks like he's accidentally inked in his perspective lines um, on the floor. So you can, I don't know. That's just. <laughs> Yeah, it does seem to have. Yeah. Although it does draw the eye to where it's supposed to be, funnily enough. I guess so. Um, but yeah, so that's one thing. The other thing is um, when Puck is blacking out as he's going for the phone mm-hmm. um, and Byrne plays around with his inking style there, I really yeah. enjoy that. So that's, Yeah, I like that a lot, especially with the, the, the last one where the, or the second last panel where the, yeah. the sort of ink splash kind of falls out of the panel. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, that's really cool. I like that a lot. Uh, and then the letter also. So when um, Doctor, whatever his name is, um, says Mr. Judd, you can see mm. that the the letterer as I assume the letterer did that and not Burn, but uh, it's all it's all messed up and yeah, yeah, and that's the brush. Really cool. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. That's that's very that's very nice. A nice touch, and it does. Yeah. You know, like I said, it communicates exactly what it's supposed to communicate. That he's, you know, that he's blacking out. Yeah. Really, really well. Just in a couple of panels. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good example of how you can do something really cool. Uh, yeah, and it's one, of the things which I, it's one of the things I enjoy about Burn working Alpha Flight is because because it's not his first love and he's he will try new things out. Uh, yeah. He'll be quite audacious in what he does. Uh, uh, and yeah, that's an example of, of that in this comic. Uh, and then other examples are the Snowbird issue, where he's got yeah. the all-white pa- pages. Oh, uh, yeah. Issue of, the issue I discussed with Tom, uh, which I don't think has come out uh, as I'm speaking to you, um, which is the Nightmare one, right. uh, where the first 11 pages are silent. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, and he's, yeah, he does that sort of thing throughout. Yeah, I mean, he does do, well, yeah, I mean, he's, as I say, obviously, we, you know, I, I admire him enormously as an artist, but he's, uh, he's also a tremendous writer. Yeah. Uh, and again, very, you know, obviously very prolific during that period. I can, if you remember, he did a, a three-part Batman story with uh, Jim Aparo, uh in the 80s, I think the late 80s, called yeah. Any Deaths of the Batman, where the entire first issue. Uh, or almost the entire first issue, I think, until the last couple of pages is silent. Okay. Uh, 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 and that, you know, that was a really, you know, that that was a really striking uh, use of that. It was really, really well done. Uh, yeah. Because it's just basically, you know, uh, uh, it basically has, uh, you know, obviously puts Jim Paros at front and centre, which you know I'll never have a problem with. I'm a huge fan <laughs> of it as well. Yeah, uh, and uh, and allows you to tell that story, uh, but obviously because Burton has a 
as an artist's eye, he's obviously been able to direct the action really, really well. Yeah. Uh, so it's just a yeah. The, the, the story is about say how Batman turns up dead, uh, and uh, his body's discovered, and uh, obviously you know Gordon's reaction when he arrives at the scene, and then Batman discovered dead again, and uh, you know you we realise that you know for some reason people are being dressed up as Batman and murdered and it's not Batman it's dead. So it's yeah, you know, it's a really you know, it's a really the way they build that throughout the throughout the issues is uh, is, is really, really cool. Yeah. Uh so yeah, that's that's another use of that silence. I always thought the the, the snowbird issue he must have been struggling with a deadline on something else. Well uh, that's but, what I said. Um that I said that to Ken. Um yeah. but there's a few factors that come into that. One is that and I've read up on it since talking to Ken about it, is that it was Assistant Editors Month when that came out. Uh, and that was yes, Jim Shooter's plan to get the Assistant Editors to tell uh, stories outside of the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that was partly due to that. So having that experimental angle uh, and being paid to, to not draw five pages uh, was part of that scheme, I think. Fair enough. Uh, it's interesting it's assistance, Assistant Editors Month because I might be wrong here but I think I, you know, when I read this and I've not read it for a long time I seem to remember there, there being a couple of like not, not spelling but maybe grammar errors <laughs> kind of left in yeah uh, yeah but, but you know there you go but yeah I always just assumed that he was I don't know was having a tough time on Fantastic Four that month or whatever yeah. other 9 million projects he was involved in that's how, I, that's how I read it, definitely. Yeah. It's still a good issue. It's still thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah, was, yeah there, there's a lot of pages where you didn't really have to draw anything. Yeah. Um, okay, so on this one, just a couple of things. I'm just looking at the pages now. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, I think the henchmen we were talking about before are... Oh, God. What's Gambit? He was... Uh, Cajun. I think the baddies mm-hmm. may be Cajun because one of them says everything instead mm-hmm. of everything. So uh, I think that is probably not worth mentioning, but I saw it and yeah. uh, I like to express all the thoughts that go through my brain. Well, that's fair enough. I, I read the, you, know, you, you read the, the villain's dialogue and you can only really uh, read it. There is. Uh, How's it? Yeah, so so maybe the guy with the ponytail was a bit of a Frenchie, yeah. Uh, uh, maybe a bit of a, a Louisiana swamp dude. The other guy, his dialogue seems to suggest that he's James Cagney. <laughs> he's like, uh, oh yeah, okay, now see, that's half in the hall. Uh, <laughs> you've been getting greedy, ain't you? <laughs> Speaking of goods in your own time. <laughs> uh, uh, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it is, it, you know, these these are not. Uh, you know, wonderfully realised characters, but they're not supposed to be. Obviously, they're just there to get to get, yeah, to get <laughs> so punched. Yeah. Basically, to facilitate that awesome crotch shot on page twelve. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where you know, that, and that is that is a, a brilliant bit of action because not only does he tick them in the face, he, he actually lands on their faces and and then uh, he you know, squashes the, the them into the ground. Basically, yeah. squashes their faces. Yeah. Although, although from the angle on the in, in the panel on page twelve. Uh, he seems to maybe just catch the uh, Cajun guy's uh, ponytail or something, uh, because it doesn't quite land on his head, although his no. butt's near his head. Uh, but 
he is he is grimacing in agony. So maybe uh, maybe Puck's landed on his ponytail there because that can be painful. Yeah, but uh, the but ponytail yeah. one, he's we'll call him John Carpenter because he looks a bit like John Carpenter. Does look a bit like John Carpenter? Yeah, modern day. Uh, John yeah. Car- yeah, yeah. Um, but he's the one that stands up and gets the the fishing stick. Yeah, yeah, because I guess he's not out cold because he wasn't stomped square in the face. That's like right, his yeah. pal, who is out. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, so that's and, actually quite, you know. And Puck does his signature move where he spins across the page. Uh, yeah. And you see him on one with the start of his move and one end with the end of it and then a bunch of circles yeah. in between. Yeah, so yeah. that's the guy who spotted him in the green jacket. The hoodie guy. Uh, so that's him out. It's him out of the picture. And then, uh, obviously, you've got, uh, you know, Cajun ponytail dude. Uh, John Carpenter attacking him with this, you know, uh, indi- you know, indeterminable whaling drive. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. But yeah, there's some lovely, yeah, lovely that. art in this. Um, there's uh, there's some nice touches around his height. There's a few times we see him looking over the top of uh, the nurses station. Yeah. Just to really rub it in that he's he's not very tall. Um, uh, and there's also there's one of the things I really like is um, over on page three and he's just done talking to the nurse who's given him yet another bed bath mm-hmm. um, and you see him take off his glasses and he's smiling and then the next panel is him with the lights off in excruciating pain I, I yeah. really like the mirroring between between those two and the yeah, way like he split the page yeah. in half that generation putting a brave face on particularly in front of you know a lady yeah uh, so you know and, and again I, you know i like that as well because that that, that 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 speaks to his character because you know you a lot of working class people i guess a lot of people generally uh don't like to bother nurses uh you know they're very sympathetic about what a hard job they've got what a tough time they have uh yeah. so you know so he's obviously putting a brave face on so as not to bother these these women uh, who are attending to him, but yeah, as soon as the lights go off, a few hours later, he's he's struggling. Yeah. Uh, and John yeah. Burns obviously he spends a lot of time drawing in Puck's one cauliflower ear. Yeah, yeah, he does. Almost yeah. as a way to not have to draw his other ear because yeah, that's very rare that you see his other ear. That is true, actually. Yeah, I was looking at I've put a lot of effort into this one. That's <laughs> So I'm not, I'm not going to bother with the next one. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, I'm, I'm looking through. You're not seeing his good ear an awful lot, are you? No. I've got a theory that um, Mariah Carey's got a dodgy ear because she's always oh. got her hair down one side of her face. Ah, fair enough. Okay. So maybe she's got Puck's ear. Okay, so, yeah, that's, uh, I was not expecting a Puck Mariah Carey connection when I came on today, but, you know, that's something that's we can all... we live in, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right, there's some lovely art here, and, you know, the, the splash page, the opening page is gorgeous, uh, just sets you up, exactly, you know, there's just a classic burn page, isn't it? Just two nicely drawn, uh, sort of main, main figures, and you even have the, the sort of person walking out a shot. Uh, so it's, you know the, the nurse sort of smiling back at his bed. Yeah. Uh, just establishing exactly where he is, exactly what's happening. Uh, a really pretty. It's nice perspective, nice angle, uh, yeah. and you're straight into the story. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's lots. Uh, yeah, there's, there's lots to be recommended. 
Uh, and what, as, as I say, is probably not the, the most exciting issue of Alpha Flight you'll ever read. But uh, but certainly as a nipper picking that up, it was it was it was more than enough for me. It was plenty for me. And it's nice that it's self-contained as well. Yeah. Um, you don't exactly. need to have. Yeah. You don't know. Well, if you just picked this one up and never read another Alpha Flight comic in your life, you wouldn't know mm. anything about Alpha Flight. You wouldn't even Very know who Shaman was. You'd know a bit about fucking Shaman, but that would be about it. But, but yeah, I mean, it's not, I, I, I can tell you certainly remembering buying it and reading it. Yeah, uh, yeah it's a, it was a nice feeling back then on those uh, odd occasions where you would buy a, an issue of a comic and the full story would be in it. Yeah. Uh, one of the fun things about uh, buying comics back then was the kind of randomness. Uh, you get like, you know, maybe part two or maybe even part three or four. One of us no idea what was going on. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, like, you know, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, it was more about I, I like to buy comics with as many people in it as possible so that I could learn more about them. Because, of course, when you're a kid, you're more interested in who's this guy? What, what, is, what do they do? Yeah. And, you know, what's this character? And what's her powers? And all that kind of stuff. And you just want to learn as much about these amazing characters as, as you can. Uh, but you never knew what you, what you would get. And it's nice It's nice to get a redone in one every now and yeah. again. Um, right. Just um, one quick thing I want to mention is mm-hmm. the colouring so a few times now especially when reading in reprints the colours are really garish and unusual um, and reading it now in an older copy and sorry I should have said this earlier um, I need to thank Michael Phoenix off the internet uh, comics writer and colourist because he sourced me my issue of number five um, I should have said that earlier. I apologise. Um, but yeah, so reading it in, re- in the old one with a cheaper paper and the colours soak into it and you can yeah. see the rationale behind having bright colours because they're not bright once they're printed. Mm-hmm. But um, if I was to read this in reprint, I mean, Puck's hospital bed is bright purple. Um, yeah. There's loads of really yeah, but it's the of greens. Yeah. And on newsprint, though, it's really quite muted. It's not... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because, obviously, I, I read I, I read it uh, recently on the, on the Marvel Unlimited app. Yeah. Which is just brilliant. Uh, because, you, you know, it's just... It's all, it's all there. Anything you ever want to read, it's, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's quite striking. Uh, how strong the colours are, obviously, in, 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 a, in a kind of scanned electronic version. Compared to compared to the original, which you know, which looks as you know, I mean, but this is the, this is the kind of thing that you have to put up with. It's kind of like when you watch Netflix and watch a show, you know, that's sort of pre ninety five show when yeah. you job for pan and scan television. Yeah, uh, you know, for uh, for uh, uh, you know for the old uh, cathode ray tube TVs. Uh, it's just something you have to put up with, really, if you want to read an old comic. Yeah, uh, um, but no. Uh, that was because also after record, I can't remember who it was, I, was, I had a vivid dream the night after recording one of these episodes. It might have been after recording with Tom the other night that um, I had received a number of five star reviews for this podcast and one two star review oh, okay. with a scathing review from Andy Yankus, who was the colorist. 
um, who, oh no, and he was really angry about how me and James had spoken about issue 106, and he thought we didn't have any respect or knowledge, and then uh, in my dream I checked Andy Yankis's Twitter, and he was subtweeting me heavily because he was so angry. Uh, and I was so confused that night mm-hmm. during the dream that I had to check my iTunes reviews to make sure there still weren't any. Uh, and it was only knowing that I didn't have any iTunes re- reviews which settled my brain. Because I was genuinely anxious that Andy Yankis was furious at me. Oh, OK. Uh, it probably hasn't. Uh, no. I think, you know, I mean, he's done a good job. Obviously, it was a different, I guess, it was, you know, a very, a very different job back then. Yeah. Uh, because you're colouring for newsprint. And I think he does. A, I really like his colouring. Yeah, um, me I've too. Got no so, Andy Yankis, if you are listening, uh, I'm not sure if you're still alive, but if you are listening, I think you've done a fantastic job with these comics. Uh, you should be very yes, proud so. of yourself. I can cut. That is a very good job. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, you know, I mean, the the, the yeah, again, just going back to the hairiness, just having <laughs> to just having to edge in the the, the fleshy parts of Puck's thighs <laughs> would that be. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, obviously, I'm not a, I'm not an artist in any way, shape, or form, so I really don't know how you would do that. Uh, given yeah. that, I would imagine uh, the, the hairs all all penciled and inked in, yes. uh, with, with very very small gaps, uh, which you have to colour flesh colour. I think he would have painted time. directly over the top. Uh, I don't think you'd have had to paint it in between. Fair enough. So it would be an acetate sheet or something? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know anything about how you would do that. But yeah, not an easy job. Uh, but as I say, I think that's probably just uh, because I can't stop looking at that page. <laughs> <laughs> it's mesmerising me. So yes, I know. Good job, Andy Yankees. Please don't yeah. hate us. Yeah. No. And um, yeah, good job, everybody else. This is a, a fantastic comic. Right, I think we will draw it to a close. Um, Thank you so much for coming on, Fraser. Um, If anybody would like to find you on the internet, uh, where would they go about doing that? And do you have anything that you would like to plug? Ah, yeah, I suppose so. Uh, Okay, you can find me at uh, uh, on Twitter. uh, It's at FraserC69. Uh, I, I'm on Twitter quite a lot and you'll see the kind of stuff that I do and you know, upcoming comics and stuff like that I write a comic called Alex Automatic uh, I am about to uh, try and organise a, a funding campaign for a comic that I've done with my friend Ian Laurie uh, called The fantastic. Edge thank you very much well, called The Edge Off which is kind of like a trippy nightmare noir thing about a, a, a sort of low-level criminal uh, who pisses off his boss, his boss kidnaps his daughter and spikes him with this uh, this new psychotropic drug and he has to go and try and find his daughter and, and, and thwart his, his boss uh, while uh, completely out of his face on this drug. Uh, that will be happening quite soon. Uh, obviously, it's you know, it's it's done with with Ian Laurie, who uh, some people might know him from, uh, and then Emily was gone, a fantastic artist with a real uh, connection to, uh, to 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 the to the darkness at the at the pit of the human soul. So, uh, so yeah, I mean that's uh, we're, we're quite happy with how that's turned out. So yeah, I hope people. Uh, 
I hope people look out for that. So you can, uh, so as I say, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, I've just recently uh, knocked together a wee website, uh, which you, you can find me at uh, alexautomaticblog.wordpress.com, uh, and I pop up uh, news and stuff like that, which you'll find on on, on my Twitter feed. But uh, I tend to go into a wee bit more detail and focus on the website because uh, I can, obviously, because you've got the space. Uh, so yeah, if you're interested at but anything I do, that's where you would find me. Awesome, thank you. Uh, if anyone would like to find me, uh, I am all over the internet as Gerthink, which is spelt G-R-T-H-I-N-K. Um, I have comics for sale at gerthink.bigcartel.com. I am still working on a book called Petricor, which should be coming out sometime this year. And I am also... Uh, currently developing ideas for the next Young Blood Initiative showcase, which will be somewhere in London in June, as well as doing all sorts of other stuff. Um, but yes, thank you very much, Fraser, for coming on. Thank you no problem. for Pleasure. listening, listeners. If you have made it this far, uh, if you have, I'll tell you what. If you've enjoyed it, then give it a five-star review. If you on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, or wherever that is, if you haven't enjoyed it, then don't go anywhere near iTunes, especially if you are Andy Yankus. Um, but yes, thank you very much for listening. Andy hope... <laughs> thank you, Andy Yankus. Uh, we owe you so much. Uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, and we hope to see you again. Or I hope that you will come back and listen again. Another exciting. Yeah, no problem, man. That was fun. Yeah.